0: Karaoke night, Friday night. (laughs) Your six kids are with you at the bar. What song are you picking?
1: I guarantee you, I will never sing karaoke ever in my
0: life.
1: (laughs) Got it. Yep. You ready? Yes, sir.
2: I'm out. Tyler, who are we taking the time out with today? Well, thanks, Kevin. Well, we're taking a full time out today with Ty Hookway, president of Clean Craft. Ty, thanks for being on our show today. We're glad to have you. Heard a lot of things about you. And we saw that you've been in business since 1995. Today is May 17th, 2021. How does Ty Hookway still get out of bed and why? I love
1: the, I actually totally love the work. So, uh. And I actually had a company before that. So I've been on my own since like 92. So uh, I've always just found owning your own gig and gets me out of bed sometimes because I have no money. And sometimes because <laughs> I love the work, you know, but I uh, I've never had that's. It's been a it's been a blessing because I really don't feel like I'm going to work every day. I do love it. So that's that,
0: that's
1: what thanks it's... for having me, guys. I appreciate oh, you. Having of
0: course, me, so. of course, Ty. We're really excited to do uh, to learn from you. One of my things is, so you mentioned that uh, you drove out to Cleveland to help your daughter move uh, prior to kicking off the show here. What song uh, were you singing the most on your way out to Cleveland? (laughs) I wasn't singing this song,
1: but it it is my favorite song. My kids know it's uh, Live Life Like You Were Dying, Tim McGraw. Yeah. So uh, my best friend died when we were 39, one of my dear friends. And uh, so that song stuck with me ever since, you know. So I've literally... uh, sounds crazy but I'm almost every day thought of that song and I also tell my every kid I love him and every everybody around me because of that because he, he passed so early you know so uh yeah. so
0: yeah my friends and I went through a similar experience I lost my buddy when he was 25 years old and uh, yeah really it bring, really brings you together but that's um that was my wake-up call I think too I mean if I had to find the silver lining it was every day is a blessing and how do you use that day and not focus on the future but the right now exactly right right the
2: the bull by uh, by the name of Fu Manchu after I hear that song (laughs) (laughs) I love that part of it (laughs) what happened
1: is it was so crazy because I was so bummed that he died uh I literally that song got in my head and I at the time I had like a disc on my uh you didn't have like you know Pandora and stuff so uh but I played this disc. I literally wore the disc. Hat. I played it a thousand times because I'm like, why did this happen, you know? So yeah. I just figured, I mean, for about a year, I mean, I, I bet you I played, that thing thousands of times. No kidding, you know? So really, it's a very meaningful song to me. So
0: That's, that's what it's all about, especially I think music has a way of bringing people together because it's a, those shared experiences. And maybe they didn't lose a close friend, but it was a, a loved one of, of some sort. And it's really just how music can bring people together sticking in the music uh, campaign here what song would you sing outside of that um karaoke night friday night your six kids are with you at the bar you, what song are you picking
1: i guarantee you i will never sing karaoke ever in my life
0: <laughs>
1: i never have and i never will so okay.
0: um
1: my kids know that too. They've tried and it's like, there's not a chance in, in the world that's going
0: to happen. So. But they'll catch you singing in the shower a couple of times. Maybe. They
1: actually, they all say, I have a great voice, but I have no desire to share that voice with anybody else. So. <laughs> and I never will. So I'm a shy guy. I really am. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a shy person um, in that respect, for sure. So,
2: yeah. And you
1: mentioned that you, uh,
2: <laughs> you started business back in 92. What was Ty Hukwe's first job ever before you started working for yourself? Well, it's weird I've always worked for myself so
1: even in um like high school and college I ended up owning my own I ran everything I did gardening I did uh, like perennial gardens I did put up retainer walls so I've always worked on my own I my dad had a factory so I worked in the factory you know when I was like 16 or 17 but for the most part I've always been on my own I uh I worked for a good college friend of mine um for two or three years a guy named Rob Tortorella so that was a a real job but uh I've just had a, I've always really desired you know I knew I, I'm not meant to work for anyone else I'm definitely meant to work for myself so uh when but, did you realize that oh I was early I, when I was doing gardening when I was 16 I'm making you know really good money it's all it's just it was unbelievable then in college I had about all the hockey players and lacrosse players working for me we were doing gardening and cleaning all over I was I went to school in Worcester Mass So I had about 10 guys doing that. So I just knew there was something about working on your own. It just, um, it was a natural fit for me. So
0: now do you think those people are naturally attracted to you because you are a naturally born leader and you could know how to motivate people? Is that why you felt like you were always kind of uh, in charge, I guess, for lack of a better term? Well I think it was just cuz I worked
1: I worked hard you know I'm a uh, you know stupidly hard worker I mean I can you know even to this day I mean I've just carried things up three flights of stairs I can't believe I did it but I never uh
0: break a sweat I guess
1: not even sweat <laughs> well, I took a shower quickly before this meeting but screaming at my daughter I've got I cannot look like uh, I didn't shave for 3 days either so I had to shave but uh so uh but I I've, I've always been like I've you know, I, I'm, I started things from scratch I had one cleaner when I started we're working on 500 a little bit less and uh, so I I can clean and I love I I get it you know and I and I really empathize with people that are working so even though I may not be working with them they get it and uh I'll jump in I think that's you know having the humility you're just a regular guy that happens to uh, you know be working with them you know telling them what to do a little bit but I think mm-hmm. they can tell if you're a genuine, hardworking person with them versus just a finger pointer, you know. Yeah.
0: So. Rolling up the sleeves, I love. Yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and people
1: say you don't have to, but I really believe you have to have that credibility. You have to have that credibility. People know you can, you can, you can work, and doesn't mean you have to do it, but you have to. At least they know you're a hardworking
2: person. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, well, what do you think the uh, the best? I guess you just kind of nailed it on the head there. What do you think? The, what the key is to motivating people and keeping them keeping them motivated over a course of time.
1: I think uh, my, I got a couple things that I sort of go back to. Like I think you have to have gratitude. You know, it's easy to bitch and works works work right. I always say to them, you know, they call it work for a reason. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean we're all going to be hugging every day. But the fact is, we might as well. We're thank we're healthy enough to work. We're making a couple bucks. Let's be thankful for that. And I think if you have that attitude, you know. Um, it makes it better. Cause if, if you're getting that, you know, just negative down, you know, uh, talk, it's contagious, you know? So I'm, I I uh, try to always talk and then catch people doing things right. Be kind. And, you know, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Or jump in and do stuff. I think that, that motivates people more than just, you know, throwing money at them or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's tough. I mean, it's and the, I think also empathizing with non-work stuff. Cause truthfully, you know, it's tough i mean like there's other stuff going on at home and you're well i gotta you gotta stay two extra hours well it's not the two hours it's the fact that your wife's gonna kill you and your you know your kids you know you're missing a game or something so i i think empathizing when you're when you're pushing people is critical so having empathy and gratitude i would say the not that i'm perfect either but that's the that's the game plan anyways you know (laughs) and how
2: do you balance that work and life Not that well.
1: I got 30 years of working on that. um, And I got one, one divorce to uh, probably thank for it. But I, I kill myself. Like when I first started, I'd work. uh, I mean, it was crazy. 60, 70, 80 hours. Wouldn't think twice of it. That's just being young and stupid. Um, But I I try to do balance. I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting up there almost 60. So, uh, um, I've got to slow down at some point. So I've, I've definitely balanced it. And I've got some amazing people now that help me. So, um, but I actually like it. That's I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I, if I retire ever, cause I actually enjoy it. Uh, our kind of work is 24 seven. So it's not for everybody, but uh, if, if you, if you don't, if you don't bitch about it, you are sort of thankful for all the amazing things you're doing. Like we're, you know, we're on call, we're doing hospitals all weekend. We're doing really cool stuff. And you know, there's certain people that don't mind it and I'm one of them. So I, I don't know. And I got And I, and I do get it. People need downtime. So I'm trying to balance that for my workers. I, our, our mission statement is uh, our major mantra is quality of life and peace, you know? So um, that's really what I want for people. So some people, they love that it it, it wires them up. Other people need their downtime. So I try to, you know, some people aren't made for 24 seven. So it's okay. You can still work with us, but you just, you're not going to be, in that role, you, know, you have to take a different role, which is more, you, know, you hit the clock and you do great. And you, when you're done, you're done, you know, um, which is fine.
0: I wanted. I definitely wanted to ask you, and uh, we'll get more into that probably later on about some of those, uh, the, your, your mission statement for your company, because it's so unique and so different from anything I've ever re- read about any other company um, in the past. Before we kind of step into where you are today, Ty, also, Ty Hookway is just the funnest name to say. So I'm sure you get that all the time. Ty Hookway. Ty Hookway.
1: Yeah. I'm, a quarter, I mean, I'm a quarterback from Texas a and or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. sounds something you should be. Slinging well, the here's, here's something Quarter mile down the station. Yeah. Well, here's something you wouldn't know, but that's, that's not my real name, right? So, But I've always gone by Ty, um, but my real name is Warren.
0: Warren. So talk okay. about the
1: most oppositely like, uncool name you know so my I real name know, is very
2: about uncool
0: that. He, his <laughs> name his name's really not Tyler either which will uh, a lot yeah. of people will be
2: impressed by I, I go by Robert you know on paper <laughs> it, it, that really throws folks off. So I go
1: by Warren and people are like who the hell's Warren? I'm like well, that's <laughs> me, you know so that's
0: some guy that I know
1: and they're like hey I don't want to work with Warren I'd rather work with Ty you know <laughs> I, I met some high school friends they're like are you Warren's brother? I'm like, yes, yes, I'm Warren's <laughs> brother. You know.
0: <laughs> so you went to Holy Cross. You got your degree in mathematics, I believe. I did. Yep. So what was? well, we're gonna give you plenty of time to light that <laughs> up for us. But what? I guess what were your thoughts, Ty, when you were going into college? You knew you didn't want to work for anybody else but yourself. What were you gonna do with math? Like, where did where did you see your future at that time? You know, it's
1: interesting. I. Uh... I was just good at math, you know, so I was actually, you know, I could have got a math or chemistry degree. I was close on both. I actually hated, I'm such a horrible writer <laughs> that I had to do one of those. So in the time, you know, before you guys were born, like they had no prerequisites, right? So they just, I could take math courses every day. I take a midterm and a final and that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I played a couple sports. So I was like, well, that's great. I don't have to write any papers. So I just stayed in this two three buildings. It's not a very big school, you know? So I just stayed in the chemistry Physics, math side, and I took no no writing, <laughs> so it was covering up a huge weakness. And if you ever read me, read my writing, it's you'll see it. You know, it's like
2: yeah. it, we, we it, heard it about your penmanship. It was uh, on your your home your home page there about how uh, brutal it is. <laughs> uh, they they tease me, yeah. But so the truth is, I was going to be a
1: doctor to answer your question. I was I was, uh, was pre med, and uh you know, just the easiest course. So. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly. I was ready to be a doc for that. That's that's what I always say. But uh, so I lived with 12 guys in college, and I think 10 are doctors. One's a priest, and me, I'm a janitor. So, it's uh, pretty funny.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do
0: you guys all so, stay pretty close in touch to this day? Uh, on and off. We used to, you know, the
1: first 10 years we did, but now everyone's life goes on. But I still see a couple of doctors. One of them's in Rock. Two of them are in Rock. One's in Rochester now, still. So, uh, but yeah. So it's, but it's a blessing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thankful. I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the dumbest guy in the room. So I'm, you know. Like everyone else, I think most of us are in the middle, so.
0: And then you get to let that empathy and really, uh, I think, it's like self-motivation almost of your employees to, to get them to motivate and what gets them excited and gets them out of that. Um, one of the things that you had mentioned was uh, your guiding principles. Um, so one of my favorite uh, things that I always get to ask you, um, leadership like yourself, is what is your personal mission statement as Ty Hookway? Well, it's funny. Um.
1: I thought, you know, because you know that's a big thing in business now. Maybe, you know, fifteen years ago. What's your mission? What's your purpose? You know, and it's, um, and I worked with a couple consultants, and you're trying to figure it out. And I've had three or four versions of it since the '90s. Um, so something hit me, and I was actually at a uh, a conscious capitalism uh, conference and I think it was in Philadelphia, maybe six, seven, eight years ago. Um, and it just hit me that like my business mission has got to be exactly aligned with my personal mission. And that's where quality of life and peace came in, you know? So mm-hmm. um, it just, to me, and believe me, a lot of people think I'm nuts, they don't like it. <laughs> so some, some business people told me that's the dumbest thing I've ever read. I'm like, well, that's, that's I don't care, I like it, you know? So uh, it fits me because I think um, it's an overriding principle that all my managers, myself, I can, I can tell. I mean, if you have a barometer, you know, i moving in that direction or away from it. It's a very good, um, like leading indicator, but if you're doing the right thing or not. And I think uh, I'll ask my man, you know, managers, did you, you think it was, you know, did you feel it was the right thing? Was it the right thing for quality of life and peace? And if they, you know, well, I knew I should, you know, cause I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big thought, you know, so it's, does it's not a narrowing thing. It's an opening thing. Um, and there's times when, I don't know, I think that, fits me business wise and personally because I don't I want to have a good life I want to have fun um, I want to be successful to me but you have to have peace I mean um, you know it's a peace you know I I say peace and it can be a secular peace or a godly peace I, you know, I'm a devout Catholic but uh, to me peace of God is you know you know when you feel good and you're you're at peace it's a beautiful thing and I and I wish it on my workers I wish it on my customers customers so I think if you really have that as a, dr- a driving thing it changes the way you view things I mean I, I've gotten fired and told the customer thank you for the 17 years I was there you know that's mm-hmm. it's you start thinking differently you know um mm-hmm. if that's your if that's your real motivating um you know driving force it, it just changes the way you're, you see, see things so so I found that one to be my overriding number one thing now and I just it, it, other things that there's we have tons of core values and all that stuff, but to me, it still all goes back to that,
2: so. Yeah, and then doing that next right thing's uh pretty difficult sometimes in my experience to keep doing it, you know, to keep uh, consistent on it, and I, I saw in another podcast you were on, Ty, that uh, over the pandemic, some cleaning companies seem to charge a little bit more for cleaning services, and I, I, I heard that y'all weren't. Can you kind of dive into I don't know your angle. Well, it's really interesting. Um
1: that's a, that's a great example and I appreciate you asking that because it's exactly right because um I knew in my heart it was total BS. half the stuff was BS, you know what I mean? Um it was scare tactics and, and and it just wasn't. So we've been disinfecting like I clean large hospitals inside the operating rooms. We clean every year there's new viruses, new bacteria. So this is really ver- I was really in my sweet spot. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not sure if I'm an expert, but I'm certainly a, very knowledgeable in this space, right? So, um, when you're talking about getting it from a, a surface contact, you know, um, contamination, it it's just, it's so hard. You wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's hard. And I knew that from day one. Um, now, again, there's nothing wrong with disinfecting. It's certainly a helpful, you know, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle, but when I could do it and I've been doing it for so many years, you know, you can send three guys in with a bucket of disinfectant and some rags, and just wipe things down, not sexy, but it actually works better than any sprays or anything. And I can, my cost is about two cents. I cannot charge 90 cents or 80 cents a square foot. I mean, it's, you know, so I make my regular margins and I was charging like five cents and regular other vendors are charging 30, 40, 50 cents and pillaging. I mean, hundred thousand dollar bill. They're making eighty k. Wow. It was nuts. So it really, um, and I, I have to tell you, like in the last three or four months, it's all proven true that everything I was saying was dead nuts right. I mean, yeah. I called it the theater of disinfecting. Mm. It wasn't about disinfecting. It was just showing everyone you're disinfecting. So I tell the people, tell my customers, I'll go through the theater of it, but I'm just gonna have three people walk around disinfecting. But you know, there's no one in the building. For God's mm. sake. There's been no one in the building for two months. You want, you want to pay, you know, 50,000 bucks to disinfect it. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going you can, I'll pay 5,000 bucks. I'll have people walk around the building for a couple hours. We'll wipe some stuff down and that's it because it was nuts. Um, so that's a great question. And I, I really do feel good about that. I did that. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So it was, I was in my industry yelling and screaming and saying, and it's going to come back to haunt some of these guys because it, it was really it. bad news, you know?
0: Yeah, sometimes people don't feel like you can be good, you, you can be a good person and be effective at business. And you're, you're here telling us that this has actually propelled you as an individual, as a leader, but also as your company during a very challenging time when most people were really trying to find any way to keep their d- doors open. And some people, based off their business, they had the opportunity, like you said, to pillage and really take advantage of the situation And because no one know, knew what tomorrow was going to bring. I don't think it was as
1: much malicious intent as just the world gets on a treadmill of fear and that's mm-hmm. what it was, you know? So I don't even think, you know, some people have some malicious intent. So I, I don't know. I would not say it's malicious and everyone's horrible. But I just think calm pre- heads prevailed and I um, I'm sort of glad the tack that I took. So I don't want to bash anyone else, but
0: uh, yeah. I do. No, I
1: appreciate that. Yeah. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. As seeing that you were a leader though, and your, your employees were on the front lines right during the pandemic. They had loved ones that they had to go home to. They had to be ultra conservative and careful before they went home and maybe potentially expose the loved me- family member. How did you get them motivated um, to really uh, and communicate to them during these challenging times during a pandemic, given the industry that you are in?
1: Yeah, that's 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 another good question. The uh, I was proud of myself what I did there. I'm not sure if you know the answer, or I, I did it on another podcast too, but I... Uh, I doubled everyone's pay.
2: (laughs) Wow. Everybody's pay. I just said, I got
1: the money from the government. Right. So I'm like, it's not my money. So I said, everyone's double pay for three months, double pay. All the managers, all the managers, I think that, you know, they're making salaries. I think I did 50% for them. And I also gave them bonuses, you know, because I said, guys, you know, let's, I got this pile of money. They gave me, let's, you know, let's use it. And, uh, at the time, the, the theory was you got to use it in eight weeks. So I'm like, screw it, let's give it to the people that are working. You know I mean, so uh, I did, and that was um, it. Worked out great, and I, I think it. We, we bonded during that time because even though they had to work, sorry guys, um, they uh, we bonded together. You know, and we were really we were safe. We did the right things. We we really knew what we were doing because we had so much hospital experience. Um, mm-hmm. We were we really weren't. I don't know, the fear part of it never came into us because of our knowledge of the industry of of viruses and bacteria and how this was spread. So, but I was, I'm I'm happy we did that, you know, and I I think it made a lot of these guys to change their life in a positive way. They had doubled their pay and they, a lot of them got ahead a lot more and it was nice to see, you know, so. um,
0: Directly seeing how you're impacting their, their life at the same time. Yeah. And they're
1: entry-level folks, a lot of them, you know, they're making, you know, 14, 15, 16 bucks an hour. If you double it, it's big, it's real-time money, you know, so real money for these guys. So I was psyched and it was the right thing to do. It was obviously, it wasn't a, you know, we, we were down, but we, we didn't go, you know, you know, we were down a good chunk the first, you know, that first quarter. Um, but then we, we did fine by the end of the year. So um,
2: it was tough. It was a tough year. So but bonuses and double pay, man. That, that's that makes a guy like me uh, feel pretty good about life nowadays. I uh, hear that a leader does that uh, tie.
1: I think more people do it than you think. I'd say, I think people get, the you know, there's so many leaders, owners that give away so much. They don't you just don't hear about that. You hear about the ass that you know, doesn't do it. But I think more mm-hmm. people do it than you think, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and the fact is we don't have unlimited money to give, you know, but, but before, believe me, I'm tight. I, I'm not a rich guy. You know? I mean, I make a great living. I'm happy. I love what I do, but I, you know, I don't have hundreds of millions sitting around. So, uh, you know, business owners have to take the, their stewardship. They have to make sure the company is there in 20 years, you know, so they can't just double your pay all the time but that was a unique situation so um so i get it i mean i get both sides of it obviously as an owner you got to be the steward but as a as a worker i I love to pay everyone 100 bucks an hour just we wouldn't have a business that's the problem (laughs) now so yeah
2: i can only imagine what your your employees say about you ty um and we we saw (laughs) (laughs)
1: well believe me it's not believe me there's two sides to every story believe me i love it's i'm a nice guy but i'm also i'm the owner you know so there's positive and negative believe me i'm not i'm not you know I'm not perfect. I'm a regular dude. I, you know, I've got some, you know, idiosyncrasies that probably drive my people nuts and I'm, I'm cool with that and they have idiosyncrasies that drive me nuts. So, but we work together and that's the real world, you know, like I'm not, believe me, I, I think having a little, you know, Again, it's not—it's all, not all kumbaya every day. Believe me, it's—it's yeah. uh, it's work. I
0: think you know, having, I think having the the, uh, the doing things the right way as your guiding north star is is essential. I mean, at the end of the day, business—yes, there's some ugly parts of business that have to be done. Um, but just hearing you, like the equity piece and sharing—you—it's um, not my money, so I want to encourage and empower others. And the same time, I mean, some for the, some of those people that you mentioned, that's life changing.
1: Yeah, it was great. And yeah, and I, again, I, I think laughing with your people, even though it's tough times, even in, you know, I think you you're bond up by other things than money, you know, like if you, it's, we have to go, we have to work together every day. Let's make it fun. Light. My, my team's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm not as fun as the rest of my team. Like my management team is unbelievable. They're really good people. They're, they, they're much more on the front lines than I am. So it's not like I'm, you know, sitting there mopping floors with the guys anymore. Um, so I'm blessed with an amazing leadership team that works for me. That really does the the bulk of it at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's I all see. about hiring the right people. Yeah, the, go off of hiring. I saw that uh, in your last podcast that your uh, one of your passion projects seemed to be the open hiring concept. Can you? Yeah, realize, I have that... my
1: Grayson shirt on right now. I was just going to say, I...
0: probably representing Grayson right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. It was the only clean shirt I had in my bag, but uh, <laughs> um, it did work out good for Mubarak but yeah. uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I love this, this comp, I love this nonprofit. I love what they're doing. Mubarak's amazing. Um, you know, I, I heard about that, um, at that same conference actually in Philly, um, that I mentioned earlier. So it's a, it's, it's a huge passion for me because you end up, so I'm not sure if people know what it is. It's a thing. Um, it's called open hiring where you you know, you basically, you walk in the door, you get a job, you're, 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 we're evaluating your future, not your past. That's that's the theme behind it, you know. Um, and frankly, I don't do a complete open hiring. You know, I mean, I do some of it. I have some. I'm mean, I'm a big business guy with tons of people that want background checks and drug checks. But what I've done is a, a hybrid model where you open up. Certain customers love the idea of it, so they love that I use it, and they'll they'll allow me to say, "Oh, I got ten people to staff. Um, we can use the open hiring model to help them." So. I talked to the customers about it, and um, um, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing, it, there's so many people that could use a chance, and uh, um, I'm blessed with a couple of amazing stories of some people that I work with, I and mean, one of my oldest employees um, had, a you know, uh, a real unique background, and I found out about it, and I was like, you know, I was so, so upset, because he's an amazing guy, and then, you know, he had a, he was a major felon, you know, <laughs> he didn't tell me, Um, and he's actually now one of my best friends He's been with me 20 something years. And, uh, you know, he retired a couple of years ago, watching like a hundred guys. I mean, he, and he was, he can't, you know, he had an ankle bracelet on and I was like, what is that? And he's like, ah, I lied on my uh, application. And so I learned that there's, there's a million people, his name is Sanford. I've, um, I've told that story before. So it's a public story. And, uh, he, um, he showed me, I mean, he ended up. I mean, so street smart, so knowledgeable. He taught me so much about life that, um, I mean, he's probably one of the most important people i met in my entire life. And he would have been screened out of my other, if, if, if my HR did it right at the time, he wouldn't have been there. Now he's like, he's literally one of my best friends, you know, so uh, and my best coworker and someone, you know, um, so that's weird. It's that opened my heart up. And then, you know, in my business, you get a lot of people with unique backgrounds. So if you're I've been blessed with some amazing talent that you wouldn't the world may not judge it as their past that would lead to it but I, I think there's if you believe in them a lot of times they'll uh, they'll come through for you other times they don't and they, and they screw you <laughs> yeah. but that's life you know that's the well, way when, life
0: is you know, so when you're hiring then and you're sitting down with one of these and, and I love I loved your piece about like uh the evaluating for your future and not not based off your past. I I think that's so important because again, I mean, we have these systems set up, they go to whoever, they make a wrong mistake. I've been there, he's been there. I mean, we've all made similar mistakes, but we're not under the microscope as as much. What happens, I mean, when you're sitting down with that person and you're kind of reviewing their past, what types of questions are you asking them, Ty, to really get to know them as a person and maybe some of those soft skills that others come come to clean craft with already? How do you know who you're getting and how do you find out who they are as a person? And what motivates them? That?
1: Well, that's truthfully, my HR team does not now. we got an amazing HR team, three full-timers that do nothing but work on that stuff. So I'm not in this, and am doing the day-to-day like that, but I know these guys and they're hired for their passion and their, and their kindness and the way they see the good in people. You know, I say, see the God in people or see the good in people. Um, you have to go into it with that perspective. If you if you if you want to see the bad in them, believe me, you'll find it. And we all have some bad. Um, but if you see the good in them, but then the other thing that um, we are crystal clear on that I love, we're we're good people. We want you to do well, but if you don't do well, we'll help you really quick get out the freaking door. You know, like we, <laughs> we're you know what I'm saying like we yeah. we love you, but don't BS us. You know, like don't play us. You know, don't. This is not a handout at all. This is a hand up. Like and we're street smart people i mean i'm not sure how street smart i am but my workers are and like if they're playing us just giving us a song and dance and they're really not working and stuff we're gonna we tell them right away i mean this is you have an opportunity but it's only what you do it like we're not doing anything other than giving you a chance whatever you do it that we're fine we're very comfortable firing you firing them you know so hmm. and we tell them that and that's that's what the truth is And it's like listen you know you have a horrible background but we want to give you a chance just don't screw up and we love you we'll do the best we can but don't don't you know it's, we're not like uh we're kind but we're not um we're not dumb you know the other thing that grayston does that mubarak comes to our office you know at least once a week twice a week a lot of times the folks have trouble with it's not the work it's like they can't get there because their kid or their car or their whatever their home situation so mubarak does a thing called path making so we help and I shouldn't say all the workers, but if people need help, it's sort of, it's stuff you don't want to tell anybody, you know, like, Oh, like I got kicked out of my house or I'm uh, my car is broken. I can't afford to fix it or all this stuff. I have a, uh, you know, child support and my, I, I can't get my license back, you know, um, Mubarak and his team from Greyston helps my workers. So you, I pay a certain fee per month to help my team be better at work. And like, it, it really pays. and, and, I think people appreciate that you care about them, but you don't have to tell me. You know, you tell a, a you know someone like Mubarak that's private, you know, has confidentiality and helps them out. So um, that's the kind of stuff we do in Grayston, but it's it's not a panacea. It's a piece of the puzzle. I tell you know a lot of my you know friends that own companies, like people think that's crazy. And I, you're right. I'm not going to go hire a CFO open hire. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you need a background in finance most likely, but. It's a great place to start if you at least lower some barriers and keep an open mind versus, again, going back to seeing the good in people. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, a, it's the way the future should be. And I think um, Grace is leading, leading that uh, that that path, and I'm proud to be part of it. So,
0: That's, I got a question. There. You're, you keep mentioning you're a man of faith, you're a man of God, and, and seeing the God in people or good in people like you, you, you mentioned, Ty.
1: I'm not that godly. I'm somewhat. Godly. Yeah. I I was, well, I got to ask.
0: Uh, when did, um, how has this made you, do you think, a more effective leader? Like, um, what principles are you learning in the church or in your faith that have made you a better leader? And is it really just the viewpoints of how you see things? Because it's also, like you mentioned, I mean, us being negative, if you're negative, you're always going to look for the bad. Is that how you, how have you, I guess, leveraged God and your faith to, to become such a, an extraordinary leader?
1: As uh, you guys are too kind, I'm not that extraordinary. But uh, I would say, um, yeah. <laughs> I would say, um, so it's funny. I went to a Catholic college, and my uh, my wife went to college with me. Um, she went to church every day. She couldn't get me to go to church if she paid me, you know, during college, you know. So um, I'd go sometimes, but I was certainly not a devout Catholic at the time. and my in my wife was in her in her teens, and she has been ever since. But uh, I'm not so I I think after my buddy died and over, and when you have kids, you start to realize it's a bigger picture. So, you know, in my twenties, I was, you know, I've always believed in God, but I, I think the older I got, you start having little babies and, um, you know, I don't know, you get a little bit of wisdom. And, um, so I got, I started getting closer to God and I was blessed with some, uh, some great teachers. I started studying some stuff and I've just, it's become a passion of mine just to study, uh, that type of work. So I, and it fits with my quality of life and peace mission, um, in my heart. So I think it just makes me a little more open minded. And, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I say, see the God in people. And I really think if you do, there's, you'd be amazed. Like, even if you see the guy bumming on the street, like you, you start seeing the God in him, you really can. It's interesting the way you see it. So I think it's a positive. I have, you know, I do stupid stuff. I make mistakes, give people too many chances or, you know, believe me, I've been screwed, stolen from all sorts of dumb stuff, but, that's you know it would have happened you know it happens and that's life but people my, my my uh my team gives me a lot of grief for giving too many chances but I feel good about it and it, it a lot of them have paid off and some of them don't but like you go down saying I gave it a, I gave it the best effort I could so I think that's where my God you know and I, I think believe me I'm not I'm not you know I'm not going to church every morning or anything I wish you know I wish I was but I'm just a just a person that believes in God and tries to at least try to live it as much as I can. So
0: it's not taking what you learned in church and actually applying it out into the real world, which I think most people do not. They, uh, will, they'll, they'll check the box for that one hour of the week. I'm holy, I'm moving on. Um, but you're actually walking the talk out there and really seeing trying the,
1: best to, of trying to yeah. do the best I can. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do. I agree with you on that, So I think when you talk about all the problems with, you know, race relations and all that, I think a smile and kindness, um, is everything? It sounds like, oh, that's that's not going to solve anything. Actually, it is. You know, I think if you see people good and you and you, you know, that a smile and being kind to anybody, no matter what they look like, on um, both directions, and you know, I think is that would go so far if people had that mentality. It's mm-hmm. it's so simple but so powerful. But, so I try to do it.
2: Well, thanks, Ty. Well, uh, what's the one quality that your life would like likes most about you? If you if you could ask if she if she could answer that question, what is your wife like most about Ty Hookway?
1: <laughs> My wife is the most amazing human being on the planet. Um, she really is. She is. She's an app. She's a. I tease her all the time. I call her a living saint. You know, it's not easy living with a living saint. Like a, a poor soul like me living with a living saint. You know. Uh, so, so in uh, in Catholicism, there's this thing called purgatory. You know, so like. You're all going to get to heaven eventually in theory. I don't know. That's not exactly right. But like, you have to start at a certain level sometimes. If you die, you're not quite ready to for the top notch. So I've always said my wife's going to be on the top floor hanging out with all the saints, and I'm going to be down in the basement like cleaning and shit, you know. And uh,
0: <laughs> She's going to come down to purgatory and visit me down there. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be waiting for you, though. I, I have a feeling
1: she'll be waiting for you. And she will. And she says that they'll have parties up there and they'll invite me up, you know. Up,
0: you know. Is that just to clean up or will you actually
2: be invited I think to I like a thousand party.
1: lifetimes to get up there, you know. But, but my, my wife, I, I just think uh, she, I'm a good person. She knows that she's seen me, you know, since, you know, we were in college. And uh, so I, you know, I'm a good person. I try to do the right thing. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I think she'd just say that he's got a good heart. and He's a good man. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would, uh, I'd kill for her and, uh, um, you know, so it's, uh, I just think, you know, we, we just, we re- really respect each other and like each other as well, you know, and, and believe in each other and trust each other. So I think she'd say I'm a trustworthy person.
0: So. Yeah. That's well, that's essential. And we, when we started doing our digging on you, it came up time and time again that you love golf, but you also love reading and you're a lifelong learner. Why did you think it was so important to continue to learn as you've, even from your days of Holy Cross graduating with math, why is learning so important? Well, a couple of things to clarify. I was probably the
1: dumbest math major to ever go out of Holy Cross. <laughs> <It's not the laughs> Holy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I mean, seriously,
2: like, I could be the dumbest
1: math major ever. Um, so I'm not that smart at math. I'm, I mean, I I did get through it. Believe me, I'm not, I'm not dumb, dumb, but I'm not that smart. Um, and I probably, I wasn't the best student. I actually, and my, uh, my wife was a brilliant student. She ended up going to Duke to her masters. Um, and so I actually was not proud of myself the way I handled my college years. I did, I played a couple sports, uh, hockey and lacrosse, which I loved. But, I, you know, <laughs> my wife was, you know, um, she was in the library every day and I was, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So
0: <laughs> You might, might have crossed paths a time or two. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, was, I, only I was in the library for the hours that I had to be. I'd be in the library at
1: like 11, 30, 12 o'clock looking for her to get out of the library. That was the library. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is really a nice place in here. This is really nice in here. Um, let's go. Um, but um, so, but I, I, I did... I, I love, love to learn. I, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I took speed reading, which was a weird idea, but I, I'm a fast, fast reader. So I can read stupidly fast. And, uh, so I've been blessed. I, I just, I read a ton of books and, um, I think, you know, again, I sort of, I'm I sort of upset at myself. I didn't really put my mind to school like I should have. I did the, and I was going to be a doctor the first couple of years and I was doing well. Then I, I said, I'm not going to be a doctor, you know? So I started like the not the studying quite as, hard. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't study quite as hard. So, uh, but I think I really did after as I got older and after getting out of college, I said, I really do love to learn. And I um, so I've, I've got a wide variety of stuff that I'm into and study. And so that's just a blessing. Um, but so it's, it's not like I read topic. to be smart. I read uh, I read stuff that I love. I don't it's not stuff that's necessarily practical in the world, you know, but uh, mm.
2: so. Well, so if Ty Hookway could write his own book, what would you title it?
1: Well, I told you the way I write, I would never write a book. So let's get <laughs> clear on that. I'd have someone else write it for me, probably, like most of these other guys do. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I It's funny. I don't have enough to offer the world to write a book. I, you know, I'm just I'll too the simple a guy. Simply, yeah.
0: I don't believe that category because <laughs> I've heard more about leadership in the 50 minutes that we spent together than I've seen over the last 10 years. So I, I do not believe that. Nice, that's very nice of you, but... <laughs> I don't know though. I, I mean, I really, I'm, I'm a regular dude. You just, I like, I mean, I'm
1: grinding, I'm happy, I'm thankful, but I just, you know, and plus I really do suck at writing. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start.
2: <laughs> you read
1: my sisters. I mean, anyone that, the poor people in my office have to write for me. I mean, it's that bad, you know? So I'll write, I'll write it up and then they'll like rip it apart and make it nice. You know? I mean, I know, I have, I know what I want to say, but it's, mm-hmm. um, it's ugly. So
0: I'll never write a book. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>
1: <Yeah.
0: Awesome.
1: laughs>
0: What's, um, if you could tell yourself going back, looking about all the wisdom though, that you've picked up in the the leadership role, the multiple job or, um, excuse me, companies that you started throughout your life. If you could go back to Ty before you went into kind of starting those next steps for higher education and, and headed to Holy Cross, what would you tell yourself?
1: I would probably, um, I think as you get older, you realize it's not that complicated. You know, I think as you're young, you're striving and you're trying to be smart and you're over, you work so hard. And I think the older you get, you realize it's, it's simplicity and just, you know, thinking and working smart. Um, If I could do it again, I'd probably just um, be less afraid and more, just keep it simple. I think you make a lot of mistakes by overcomplicating things and, trying to be things for others. Just, um, if I could do it again, I'd probably just um, try to speed up the learning curve and just say, you know, work smart, you know, be true to yourself. Don't listen to others. And don't, you know, just um, I think I would have been a better business person quicker if I learned those lessons because uh, I went through trial and error, screwed up a ton of stuff. I mean, I'm a consultant too. And my, uh, the way I get on my businesses, I said, I've literally made, every single mistake you could ever make in business. Like I've blown millions. I've <laughs> freaking screwed things up. Like, so, I mean, I'm not kidding. I've made every one, you know? So, uh, and I tell them that's, that's the kind of consultant you want. You know, you don't want the guy that's perfect. So, uh, and I really have, I mean, I, I've, uh, so if I think I could do it again, I would, uh, just be a little less, uh, like, don't try so hard, just calm down, think it through and make, be a little more patient and calm with yourself versus, working so hard work smarter I would say and
2: keep it simple I like that that's a, that's yeah. my style right there um what would you say the best piece of advice you've ever received as far as in being a leader of as many folks as you lead over there at clean craft because a guy like me I couldn't imagine over you know leading over 20 people much less 300 to 500.
1: Yeah I think it's a natural progression I mean I'm not it's it's not just you there's a you know there's there's layers you got you know I mean, there's four or five layers between me and some of the team members. So like they have to all be leaders more than me. I mean, my job is, you know, keeping this, the boat in the right direction now. So I think there's just, if the company's founded on doing the right thing if, and, and it's got to go through, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but if you try to get, you know, everyone talks about it, but if you get the right culture and people are doing trying to do the right thing um, for our customers, for each other, um, it Does that's what leaders do now, you know? And the other thing is, um, if I could learn something, if I could bring something talk to myself at a younger age, it would have been mentor, mentor more, not tell people what to do. Like, I, I want it for them so bad, I tend to over manage and sort of tell them what to do versus let them manage themselves. And I'm it's a, it's a skill that I'm working on, I'm, I'm not that great at it. Um, but I, I think that's where the leadership comes in is if you if you really if you got a good team, you trust them and that's that's hard to do, you know, like really letting them make mistakes, letting them be real, because if they, they can BS you and tell you they're they're perfect, but no one's perfect. We're all got we all got issues, you know. So I just think if if, if it's a safe, trustworthy place to work where you can really be yourself and uh, you know, do it your way with a little autonomy, not being micromanaged every second. Um, I think people Will follow that, really follow it, not just say they're following it. You know, like I think you can get some deep connections um, if that happens throughout your organization. It's never going to be perfect, but if you can create that type of environment as as much as you can, I think that's how it happens naturally. Leadership versus some rah-rah speech. I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not my style. Um, So I just think you sort of get an energy where everyone's sort of pulling for each other, and you're getting it together and you help people when they're in a jam, and uh, I think that helps a lot. And you take care of each other a little bit. Um, that's I, that's how I think leadership. It's sort of uh, it's it's more uh, organic versus some um, fancy, you know. Um, I think it's just good communication or genuinely caring about them. And they and, and you have a company that shows that. I think that's how a good leader works. Yeah.
0: I was just having a fascinating conversation and I think I've heard he, he had in very simplistic terms, but I heard flavors and flares of everything that you just said that I believe in you. I trust you. And I'll have your back if anything goes wrong. And I think that is really that empowering moment where people are like, okay, this, they get it. That
1: sounds easy,
0: but that's hard. You're right. Yeah. And you're worried about the company, you know, like a big decision. I
1: mean, I, you know, you lose, sometimes you lose, I mean, I literally lose sleep, you know, like just, big issues and someone made a huge mistake and we're gonna lose a hundred thousand dollar a month account, you know? Mm-hmm. And they didn't mean to do it, but it it's gone, you know. And yeah. that's you know, so it's hard, but that's what you do. And like, you know, if if the if it was a genuine mistake, it was something they just I could have made the same mistake. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's um but I think if you really want a strong team that, you know, can grow and uh, um without I think that's what you need. So I'm working on that. It's it's a it's a work in progress. I I'm not I I
0: You know, that's a gift. I have multiple projects like that right now. They're all works in progress. Critical conversations, because that is by far one of my weakest areas. One of the questions I, uh, as we're wrapping up here, Ty, um, but something I really, really wanted to know about business, because sometimes it's easy to follow the crowd, right? In business, it's easy to maybe start agreeing with things that you don't really agree with because it's the popular idea because you have such a strong moral compass and you really want to see the best in everybody and see the good. How do you, I guess, be yourself um, and make those types of decisions in those types of environments? Like what have you found the most successful and maybe sharing some of these crazy ideas of open hiring with other business leaders? Well, the thing that I'm getting
1: better at, I think, is versus keeping it all when you're a young owner, you think, the whole world's on your shoulders, and you're you're carrying so much burden, and you literally just the weight of the world's on your shoulders. What I've done um, better and better over the years is share with everyone the real situation. Like I have transparent books. You know I mean, like all right, we're billing ten million dollars, but like believe me, I don't have ten million dollars coming in. Let's. I teach them about you know the eight hundred thousand dollar insurance policy we pay. I teach them about the you know the rent of seven eighty thousand. So. I think just being clear with people and showing them the money. And so we get some performance-based stuff where we're really, and people get it. They're smart. I mean, like people, you don't give them enough credit for being smart. I mean, um, I don't know. So I think clarity of, of what's really happening, good and bad. And when you share the good, they, they get that. And uh, um, teach them about why you, you can't give all the money away. You got to keep somebody in the bank so we don't, We have a bad year, we're not gonna go under. You know, you need a balance sheet, so the bank will talk to you. So, like I've been teaching the last 10 years, not you know, I've been trying for a long time, but like I just it's becoming a top of mind thing. So the management team, they get it. Like it's not so um I think that's how leaders can be um we can be better leaders by sharing our burdens versus you know, thinking we're the you know, king, king, you know what, you know, just Mm -hmm. I think if you share the share the what's happening in life and what's good and bad. And um, I'm not sure if I answered your question as exactly, athlete, but that's what I see going against the vein a little bit, because um, a lot of people think, oh, you just tell them to do their job and they get paid for it and that's it. I think if you, at the at the entry level, they should know. I mean, yeah. like I'll, I'll say to them, I'm, I'm charging, like you're getting paid 14, but I'm making, I'm, I'm charging the customer 20, 250 an hour, right? Mm-hmm. With your payroll costs, with insurance, I make like a buck 50. So if you work an extra hour, I lose, I make no, I lose that night. I mean, I'm not, it's, and I appreciate you working, but I, I can't lose money or, or well, none of us will have jobs. So little things like that, people understand it. And I show them like, look, here's the bill, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, it's a rough world out there. And like, if you share it, like, if you don't act like you're, you know, holier than thou and you say, here's why I'm doing this and here's why I need you to work at this budget. Here's why I'm upset about, you know, you just spent five grand on supplies, you know, because the budget's too. you know, so you know, so I think transparency and clarity is, I think people are a lot smarter and we should treat them that way. That's, That's what I'm, that's
0: it's not ruling really, with the iron fist mentality, the old uh, like ma- more manufacturing mindset that all right, we have a role and this is all that you're going to do. And I, I, I've I always flourished more in those environments where there is that open sharing, um, because I feel like I have more of an impact on the profit and loss statement at that point. And I, it's now a shared responsibility. Ta- ta- you talked about you talked on ego real quick. And, and, and again, I promise we're going to get to the final segment of the show, but Ego is kind of one of those things that I see time and time again, either um, allowing us to to really reflect and and learn from others and not really understand thinking that our way is the best way and the only way of thinking. (laughs) How have you like created that type of culture? And I know you mentioned infinite power and dignity and the healing provided from work, but your ego with getting things um, or ideas shared from the bottom up with you. Is that something that you have found as a, as a competitive advantage, let's say with clean craft?
1: I'd say it's a competitive advantage. Um, I I always laugh cause I think humility comes easy to me cause I've screwed up so much stuff, you know? So humility is really, easy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I literally like, why are they asking me all these questions? You know? So like, I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the world. You know? Cause I'm really not sometimes. So I'm, and I mean that I'm not just being a, you know, funny here, but I really, um, and a lot of times, my experiences, and I'm you know blessed with a lot of great friends that own huge companies and they're successful. Um, the ones that think they have all the answers and are so you know blustery and so supposedly so brilliant, usually they're insecure. You know, men or women. You know, I mean, it's more often covering up insecurity. So, the most amazing leaders that I know are really humble because they don't think they're the smartest, and that that's why everyone loves to work for them. So, quite often those guys are the You know, they're just or ladies or men. It just it's a weakness. That's their insecurities usually coming up. So, um, you know, again, you got to make tough decisions as a leader and you know, it's, that's part of a leader's role. So there's times when you, you got to make your decisions and it's, you don't know the answer is right or wrong, but you got to go with it. So, um, you know, leadership's not for everybody. People think they love, they want it. They want all that responsibility, but it's tough. I mean, there's hard decisions that I've had some tough times had to lay people off and it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's, you're wrecking someone's life. You didn't mean to, but that's the deal. Like you got to cut, I had to cut some people. It, it sucked, you know? So yeah. um, it's, it's something, and you know, just continue to do the best you can um, and, and try to create, put amazing people around you. If, if just strong, strong people around you so it's not just you by yourself. If that's back if in, that's what if I could just have more people around me that are amazing, the better I am. So
0: yeah,
1: that's a company. It's-
0: so so powerful so powerful and it just i mean time and time again you're just saying that you really see people as individuals i think at the end of the day yes they're their employees but you're seeing them as is not only what they can do for your business but how you can do something for them in their in their homes uh, make them better business people make them better at what they do for you and it's amazing what you can do when you empower them on the other side so the open hiring concept i i i am obsessed with myself because i just think that that's really where we need to move forward and really make Changes within our society is giving some of these people that chance, um, and if they're given the chance, like you put it, and they run with it, great. If I get burned, at least I knew I gave them the chance and the opportunity to do so. As we head into our line, fa- final segment, Ty, you've given us a ton to think about, and these questions are going to be relatively foreign to you because uh, you never had to really interview starting every job that uh, or uh, a company that you've now worked for. But we like to ask leaders these stereotypical interview questions so we understand on our side of the aisle how we're supposed to answer these questions. So Tyler, why don't you kick us off with one of your favorite interview questions here?
2: I think the my favorite one I always get was, uh, if someone were to give me $50 billion, what would I do with it tomorrow if I couldn't spend it on myself? So Ty, what would you do with 50 billion tomorrow if someone gave it to you and you couldn't spend a dime on it, on yourself about it?
1: Uh, a good one um i definitely invested in business i've never had that much you know to have that much money would be such a blessing to have a balance sheet like that you could really <laughs> run a company and do it right um yeah i'd probably i'd do something in entrepreneurship for the world you know because i just think owning your own business i i love it i would do something where uh, i would invest you know in other people's businesses, you know, with them, you know, really, I, I think I can see myself investing in you know, tens of thousands of people that want to start their own business. I, I think that's what I would do. I'd love to be somehow be part of the solution with money, but also with ideas. Because I, I think the world, if, if everyone worked on their own or lived and acted like they worked on their own, um, I think people would get along better because it's, it's humbling because you're not, sometimes you need help from others. So I would do something on the entrepreneurial side to help the world.
2: So something along that line. So. Sweet, Ty. That, that's pretty cool stuff, well, that's, man. <laughs> that's powerful. That's better than I've ever answered that question. That's for sure.
0: Um, understanding, um, obviously, we, we focused on a few different items about your strengths, your weaknesses, um, but out of, out of what Ty Hookway has learned from his entire life, what, what do you think, what values would you bring to this organization if we were uh, grateful enough to bring you on? you can trust me and
1: I'm going to do the best I can for you. And, you know, that's, that's the only two things, everything else, you know, my skill sets are what they are. I mean, I'll make some mistakes. I'll, I'll do, I'll do well in some areas, but, uh, you can trust me. That I'll do what I think is the right thing. And I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be straight with you. So, um, and I'm a team player. Like I love people that that's the team goal. We got to, like, I love being on a team and, um, <laughs> Like you know, I've owned my all my companies my whole life, but I love being on teams, and I, you know, I don't mind being the second or third in charge. You know, I don't want to have to be in charge. I really, I'm a follower by nature a little bit. Um, Like I love to be led by great leaders, um, and that's what I'd say if I was going to come to work for you. You know.
0: Well, I'll hire you tomorrow. (laughs) That's for sure. That's uh, that's darn sure. But I just wanted to say, uh, Tyler and I have played sports our whole lives. I, you, we've seen the power of teamwork. We've seen when when the coach, some coaches are better at driving the strengths out of everybody. And it's no secret of what you're doing over there at Clean Craft. What is something in our, as your parting words, what should somebody, if they were interested in coming to work for you, what is something they should know about Clean Craft and you as a, as a leader here in Rochester? We would love to have people work with us. Um, so
1: if anyone is watching this is interested, I think it's a blessing because the business, you don't need your PhD, you know, like uh, my, my years are Holy Cross, I didn't study at all. It doesn't matter. <laughs> totally, you know, but it is a blessing in that way, because um, it's hard. You can learn the skills and techniques in this, in, in our, in our business and managing people's is hard. I think we could give, we can teach that. And um, it's, almost limitless what you can make in my industry if you get good at managing people. I mean, I have guys that have started off at 15 bucks an hour making, you know, 60, 70, 80,000 bucks, you know, because they're street smart, they're, they're intelligent, they listen. So it's, it's cool to see. So I think there's unbelievable opportunity without the PhD. So like mm-hmm. that's what crafts have now. If you have a PhD, we'll take you too, but uh, we don't <laughs> discriminate. There, but, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a it's a good place to work. We, um, I, I, there's opportunity there, and we're we're to me we're like we're at the starting line. Twenty, you know, something years later, we're at the starting line. I'm finally, I love where we are, and if the team is running things. I'm getting older. I can't do it. Like I, you know, I'm working um, on it, and with I'm not. I'm not doing the work anymore. And I think there's a huge potential. So I, if people came to clean craft, I think there's huge opportunities. So we'd love to have anybody come on at any level um, to join the team.
0: Well, yeah, you might get a few more applications here tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to work with a guy like yourself, Ty. And, uh, well, I am looking, I don't, but, yeah. I know Tyler and I are just really, really thankful so much for uh, taking the time out of uh, moving uh, your daughter up there in Cleveland and uh, joining a a fine cigar with Tyler and I today on Time Out (laughs) with Leaders. Um, We all invite our guests back to uh, to listen next Friday as well. But uh, I know I'm extremely grateful for your time today, Ty. Yeah, Ty, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: You guys are awesome. Uh, Thank you so much.